0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au.
1: Thanks Rach. Uh, thanks worship team as well. You we can grab a seat. Come on, let's give them a huge cheer. So good. You can, you can, you can grab a seat. Uh, just want to honour Chris as well. He's a, a guy that will just absolutely try anything. He will. He will try anything. He turned up accidentally to the uh, worship rehearsal, on, and I'm like, hey Chris, have you ever played one of those drum boxes before? He's like, no. I'm like, do you want to give it a go? He's like, yeah, sure. Let's give it. Let's, let's give it, let's give it a go. So, honour you, mate. You're a, you're a legend. But uh, I want to welcome you once again uh, to Elevation Church, particularly if you're here. Uh, for the first time. It's so good to have you. And um, today is a significant moment in the year for us as a church for a couple of reasons. First one is because today actually marks exactly 12 months since we came back after our COVID lockdown of 12 weeks. Can you believe a year already, which is crazy. It just, it just flies by. And so after that, uh, you know, physical lockdown that we had for 12 weeks of online services, then we're back here. Uh, this date, twelve months ago, uh, but also as Rach has mentioned, um, today is Legacy Sunday, and so if you're here with us, and you're uh, maybe here as a guest, you might be going, "Well, what the what the heck is uh, Legacy Sunday?" And so what it is is over the past month, we've been speaking about the fact that God has given us all the opportunity, all of us, sorry, the opportunity to make a mark on this earth far beyond just our lifetime far beyond just our earthly life. But this is about investing in the people. This is about the giving of encouragement, using words that lift people up and call people to greater. This is the giving of money, of finances, the use of our gifts, skills, and talents to to better others. That's what we've been speaking about over the last few weeks. I love this quote from a guy called Tony Evans. He says, greatness equals maximizing our potential for the glory of God And the good of others. And that's what leaving a legacy is it's maximizing the potential that's on the inside of every single person's life for the glory of God ultimately and for the good of others. And you know, many times uh, we might think we don't have a potential, we don't think we can make a difference, we don't think we can make a mark, but I want to encourage you that God calls us um, to do that. He calls us to leave a legacy. He calls us to make a mark that extends far beyond just what we get to see and hear in our lifetime. And so, um, quick recap, because we've been speaking about this for a few weeks. So, quick recap of the last three weeks. Week one, we looked at this idea of vision. That vision is a clear picture of a preferred future. That The Bible says that where there is no prophetic vision, uh, the people cast off restraint and While leaving a legacy that impacts far beyond our own lifespan on this earth starts with vision. It doesn't just end there. And so we had this little acronym, VIM, V-I-M. And so we talked about vision, intention, and method. We've got to see clearly what God has for us. But then you've actually got to put some action towards it. We need to to go, you know what, God, I'm going to make this intentional step. I'm going to do this. And then we actually have to do it. Crazy, I know. We actually have to get stuff done. So then week two, we talked about courage and that leaving a legacy will take courage. And just like God encouraged Joshua in the Old Testament, he wants it the same with us. He wants to fill us with courage. The courage to move beyond just living a safe life. The courage to risk again. The courage to lift others up when everyone else wants to drop others who maybe have failed or made mistakes. But God has called us to live with courage. By the way, if you knew I don't always sound this raspy, I'm just sort of starving off a bit of a bit of a flu thing, so I also don't come too close um, later on. But then last week we did a bit of a sight check and we decided that we were going to use three statements to check outside of how we view the world. Because sometimes we don't view it exactly how it should be, sometimes we're a little bit off-center, sometimes we're a little bit upside down, sometimes we're a little uh, just, you know, discombobulated, sort of all over the place, and so we use these three statements to check our view of life, and the first one was, what I have is a gift from God, so everything that I've been given is from God. Tim, you're amazing. Um, What I have is a gift from God. Uh, What I have is, uh, will be cared for. By God and what I have is available to others. How do those statements line up with how we view life, how we view our place in the world? Excuse me. I know that's very dangerous near the iPad. But we should be fine. This is a waterproof iPad. <laughs> okay, anyway, so so what I have is available. To others, And so, not only is today significant because we're wrapping up this teaching series, but it's also the day when we encourage people to give of a one-time offering or a regular commitment above our usual tides to see what we have. We have some vision projects for the next 12 months, and I'll explain those a little bit later again. Um, but first, I'd love to begin with this scripture, and I remember hearing this scripture um and, and this thought, the thought's not mine, it's stolen from Pastor Phil Pringle from Sydney. But anyway, I remember I remember hearing this way back in 2001. Can you believe that is 20 years ago now? 20, hand up if you weren't alive in 2001. Yeah, be quiet. Yeah, put your hands down. We don't care. No, just, um, obviously, 2001 saw uh, the September 11 you know, attack on the Twin Towers, so very significant year in terms of world affairs. Uh, but maybe you can think back if you were alive. What, what were you doing in 2001? You know, I did a little bit of research. The hottest song of 2001 on the charts was Lifehouse, Hanging by a Moment. Who, re- who remembers that song? Come on, come on. So good. Um, honorable mentions go to Independent Woman, Death, Destiny's Child. That was right up there as well. Drops of Jupiter, Train. Does anyone remember that? I think I can play the first four bars on the keyboard because it's really easy. Um, and also Beautiful Day by U2. Absolute classic. Movies that came out in 2001. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I can't believe you said Harry Potter in church. That's a joke. Anyway, so that, was, that came out in 2001. Monsters, Inc., Jurassic Park 3 and Pearl Harbor we've been we've been watching some um, movies at home and um, with the kids and so we have you know 14 down through to six and so we watched Jurassic Park 1 don't judge us because we have a six-year-old he loved it um, and then we got to three and we're like ooh, this one's a little bit more um, dinosaurs eat more people in Jurassic Park 3 and eat just certain parts of them and Anyway, but the damage was done. So you know, counselling later, it'll be fine. We'll get it. We'll get it working. But for me, as I mentioned before, two thousand and one was fairly significant. I was um, straight out of high school doing a Bible college internship, and even though the content itself was important for me, what made that year significant um, is actually about the decision to do it, because. Uh, finishing school the year before, this was the first like real decision where I got to decide, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Not just year seven, year eight, year nine, year 10, etc. So I felt the call of God, and there was a whole big uh, backstory about that that we won't go into right now. But um, it, it was a year that left a great mark and a great legacy in my own life because of the decisions that I made. And so as part of that year, I was at um, our state conference. We lived in New South Wales then uh, for International Network of Churches. And as I mentioned, this guy, Phil Pringle, founder of the C3 movement on the northern beaches in Sydney, was preaching and he shared this scripture. And for some reason, this is this scripture and his thought that I'm stealing, but give him in credit, so it's okay, just stuck with me for the last 20 years amazing how you can, I've heard a lot of messages in 20 years, a lot of messages, but this thought just really stuck in my spirit, in my heart. I want to share it this morning. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this passage of the Bible, that's totally fine. It's on the screen behind me. And also this is uh, this is written by a guy called Paul, so the Apostle Paul, who in the early church was really a key individual who was involved in seeing this good news of Jesus spread to non-Jewish people. So it started with Jewish people in Israel, but then it started to spread. And Paul was a, a key person when it came to this. And so he's about to speak about his plans as he, rep, as he wraps up Sorry, this first letter that he's writing to the church in Corinth. And he says this, verse 8. He says, But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work is open for me and there are many who oppose me notice the use of the word and in there when he's describing the situation that he's facing it's not all and is not always the most significant word that we look for in a sentence but i think here it's pretty, uh, particularly important because paul says that there's this great door this open door of effective work that is his effective work is seeing that good news of Jesus just spread out to many nations to see many people find a life-giving relationship with Jesus. And he says there's there's been it's been a door that's opened up even more to that. He says there is this giant opportunity, and then he tacks on at the end. Ah, oh, and there are many that oppose me. I love how the message paraphrase puts it, this will be on the screen as well. It um, it paraphrases this verse like this. It says, For the present, I am standing right, staying, sorry, right here in Ephesus. A huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. And then in brackets, oh yeah, by the way, there's also some mushrooming opposition. I think that just means it's increasing, not like actual mushrooms that, you know, giant mushrooms are coming or magic mushrooms are coming or anything like that. Okay. And so... My Really, my one question for you this morning is this. If you were writing a passage of Scripture, if you were describing what's in front of you, would you use that little word, and, to throw in there that there was some opposition, some challenges that you were facing to seeing what God has put in your heart become a reality? Or instead of an and, Would you have a big, fat, all caps, but right in there? You know, there's this great opportunity here. There's this wide, effective door that God has opened for me, all caps on, but there are many that oppose me. See, if we're going to live every day with An outlook towards life that says, even in the small decisions, even in the day to day, and with the big stuff as well, I'm living for something so much larger than myself. I'm living and I'm dreaming and I'm planning and I'm acting in light of eternity. If we're going to live like that, we need to make sure, just like Paul did, that we're placing an and in our sentence and not a but. You see, and says that there is faith for a miracle. And says that I'm asking God for a turnaround, but, however, says that this is an impossible situation, that nothing could ever change. Un, I'm sorry. And understands that opposition and challenge is just part of the journey. It comes from the territory of following Jesus, believing that you are born for more. But if we place "but" in our sentence, "but" in our story, that says oh, I can't believe this opposition's happened. God, where are you? Why isn't this easy? I I, I thought that if I was in your will, then you would just make it all work. You see, there's some people here and God is calling you, there's influence for God and his kingdom that's been growing in your workplace. You're excited about the prospect of how God could use you in the future. And there's probably one staff member there's probably a couple of people that maybe aren't that keen on it, but I encourage you today, is it an and for you or is it a but? Is it I have this opportunity at work, but imagine if that happened or, but I don't think this person really likes me, but this has gone on, but this is, this is happening, but I don't know if I could really step out in faith and do that. Instead of that. And says, all those things are there. We're not denying those, but we're looking at them in light of eternity. We're looking at them realizing that God can move regardless of the opposition, regardless of what's against us. There's some high schoolers here, and God's really been starting to work in your life. God's been moving and speaking, and maybe for the first time you're starting to begin to hear and recognize His voice his heart, His ways, and how you follow Him. And there's probably going to be some people at school against you. And there's going to be some challenges from friends. And there's going to be things of the world just smashing against you, saying, don't be like that. You should be like this. You, you can't go hard after God. Just settle down a little bit. You're getting, you're getting too passionate. But is it a but or is it an end? Because there's always going to be opposition, but God has called us to view it. As an end, you know, there's some people here who've been hurt or burnt in previous church experience you're starting to believe again that God wants to use you you 're letting down your guard a little bit you getting, you're getting involved again, and there 's probably some fear there 's probably some uncertainty there 's probably some worry that maybe you 'll get hurt again maybe You'll get burned again. Maybe the end will not look like you imagined it would again. But I want to encourage you. All, all, all those thoughts are fine. But will you make them a but or will you make them an and? Will you make them an excuse or will you make them, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow after God anyway. I'm going to understand that he has a plan. You see, an and mentality embraces the challenges as part of the season. A but mentality Says challenge and opposition must be avoided. I'll try again another day. An and mentality actually becomes thankful for the challenge, thankful for the pain, thankful for the loss, for the disappointment. Not because we're strange or crazy or sadistic or have no heart, but because we view these things in light of what God is doing in our own lives and in the lives of others. You see, we aren't thankful that painful things occurred, but we are thankful that we serve a God who can take pain, who can take loss, who can take grief, who can take disappointment, and he can turn them into something powerful in our own lives and in other people's lives for his glory, for his plan, for his purpose. Paul, writing again, says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It'll be on the screen behind me here. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I love that little phrase, with thanksgiving. Paul is saying the same thing as he did uh, back in 1 Corinthians 16, that whatever situation we face, we use the power of prayer to place it before God to Petition him, that is to to ask God to move. That is to say, God, we need you to move in this situation. Would you bring healing here? Would you bring freedom to this person, to my own life? Would you unlock finances in this situation? Would you transform my heart and change me from the inside out when I'm wrestling with these thoughts or wrestling with these attitudes? God, would you do something on the inside of it? That's the petition to God. But Paul says, let's wrap it all up. And make sure that thanksgiving is a part of it. Let's understand that in all things, we are thankful to God for what He has done, for who He is, and what He will do in us and through us. And so this whole deal of thanksgiving is really our theme for this morning. It's why we sang the song, which we'll sing it again. It's why we have a... uh, a little wall thing out there where we can write what we're thankful to God for, put it up there, just a bit of a, a practical demonstration of this, of this thankfulness. But, but as, we, as we do this, for the remainder of the message, I, I want to present again our five vision projects for these next 12 months as a church that we're believing will become a reality as we all play a part, as we give above and beyond and as we give financially. But as we do that, we're going to wrap it with, I'm not going to wrap it. You don't want to see me wrap it. We're going to wrap. We're going to wrap it all around with Thanksgiving. I don't know. Me and Chris could do a bit of a duo. He could play on the drum box. I could rap, and he could say three hands in the air like he just don't care every 30, thirty seconds, and it could it, it, it could work. But anyway, we're going to we're going to wrap this all around thankfulness, remembering all that God has done. And so our first uh, area, which we've talked about a, f- a few times um, for our vision projects for the next 12 months, is that we want to see this auditorium expanded. Amen. We're starting to run out of space most weeks, and uh, we believe that God's called us to do something, do something about it. And so over this last season, we're thankful because we've seen our church grow strongly when it comes to Sunday morning attendance. We need, we need more space. But not because we want better leg room or we want business class seating or anything like that, but because we believe more people need to find a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Our mission statement as, our ch- as a church is creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, and influence in our world. That's how we that's how we do our vision. Our vision of multiplying healthy local churches. How do we create that? We do that by creating environments. We do that by creating an environment for people to encounter Jesus, to meet amazing people and believe and realize they are born for more. And so we've seen that happen in this place. And I'm gonna ask um, Marty. And Carla, if she wants to as well, or maybe just Marty, you know, to come up. And he's going to share just about what this Sunday environment, how it's impacted uh, their lives and the organization that they run. So I don't put our hands together and welcome Marty this morning.
2: Thank you. Um, so Pastor Marty just wanted me to share, obviously, our experience um, from coming to this awesome church. We were a part of a, a larger church um, before we moved here uh, and we just found that, although it was a huge congregation and a huge audience, just we didn't feel the community that we needed. Um, we do run an organisation where we work with young people and their beautiful families, uh, and as the sto- you know, saying goes, it takes a village to raise children. Um, we sometimes have eight or more, um, and so we need a bigger village around <laughs> us. Um, and although there was large numbers, there wasn't the community that we that we I suppose felt and needed. Um, and just coming here, the very first day we came here was just a phenomenal experience, just to feel. The, the loving kindness and the acceptance and the um, the openness that you guys offer. And so well done to you. Um, and as a as a demonstration, I suppose, if I could get my brother from another mother, mar- Darren, to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> look, they, look, they even dress, you know, like we even dress the same. <laughs> well so, done. <laughs> Darren, well done, bro. Woo! So, thank you. Sorry, you can hit me later. <laughs> um, so it's just so welcoming, guys. We love you and we thank you. And on behalf of Homestead for Youth, um, you know, uh, we also found as well that our families, we invite our families to church so that they can feel um, the presence of God and get it, you know, the word and hear it because a lot of them haven't uh, ever been exposed to it. Uh, and going into a big congregation with a big building and lots of people is really daunting. Um, but coming here, you guys have welcomed them as well. Uh, and a lot of them have found Jesus just because of you guys have been nice. so open. So well done to you. So thank you very much. Sorry, Darren. <laughs>
1: So good. And we need more space to see that happen. And, you know, notice, which is totally fine, Marty didn't say anything about my preaching. He didn't say, he didn't say oh, that's the, that's the reason. Hey, what are you doing? No. But notice, it was, about, it was about the church. It was about you. It was about the environment created, which we are all responsible for. And we love leading this church. It's a privilege to lead such an amazing congregation of people. I want to see that grow and expand. So, we're going to be uh, knocking down this wall, uh, extending the auditorium and stage. That way, we'll need to do a few reconfig, reconfigs when it comes to, (laughs) I need a bit of a reconfig. Um, Teenage years coming back. (laughs) Um, We need to do a bit of a reconfig when it comes to stage and some, um, some production equipment. About that, we're going to move our parents' room from um, that other side of the wall to the back corner so it's more connected in with what we're doing and um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. So that's one of our vision projects for the next 12 months and as we give to Legacy we're going to see that become a reality. Uh, the second one just quickly we've talked about this a few times is we're going to support a church plant. And so we believe strongly in planting healthy local churches. We believe it's the best strategy for seeing more people discover Jesus. And we do see a future where locations and churches will be planted out of here. Maybe the next location, Pastor, for somewhere, here is, for somewhere else is sitting right here in this room and you don't even know it yet. Or, or, or maybe you do know it. Maybe there's just like this little, little seed of dream that God's placed in your life and ministry. We we wanna see that flourish. We wanna see that take root and sprout And grow. And so we we believe that God's calling us to to plant other churches. Are we ready for that at the moment? No. But what we can do is we can support another church in our denomination that's being planted this year in Vic Park uh, in Perth. It's called Crossroads Church with Pastor Fowle and his family. And we're excited to be able to sow funds towards that. We're thankful because you may not be aware, but when we started here, Um, Just on two and a half years ago, the whole of Elevation sowed um, seed and sowed money. I sowed $50,000 to see this church get revamped and up and going to begin with. And so we're thankful that someone sowed into us. And we're even more thankful that we get the opportunity to now sow into somewhere else. So that's that's our second area. Our third area um, is an outdoor playground. And so I'm going to ask Tanya Linley... um, to come. Tanya and her amazing husband Kevin are our Elevation Kids directors and they also run our Toddler Jam ministry, which happens Wednesday mornings here. And so I've asked Tanya to share some of the amazing things that's been happening with our Toddler Jam families and how, and then we'll connect that to our playground. So thanks, Tanya.
0: Morning. Um, yes, Toddler Jam. Um, for the people who don't know, Toddler Jam is a community run program that caters for preschool children, it caters for parents um, wanting to connect with each other. I'm going well out of my notes. Um, yeah, we have single parents, we have so, um, grandparents, we have foster parents, we have all sorts of families coming through our program. Um, just this week alone we had one young mum who was at the end of her tether. We were able to support her and able to give her some contacts and some people to talk to Maybe. and to actually be supportive to her. Along with our own team, we have an amazing team of 13, which is Very absolutely awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Um, we I don't even think Pastor Marty and Rachel know, but we've had 530 families or people yeah. come through our Jam program wow. Wow. Um, who have been impacted blessed by our family, we've been able to love on them, we've been able to care for them and our goal we would like to do, and it's where I'm heading towards eventually, is doing a special needs Toller jam, so that even the special needs we can modify it, but we can get them involved as well, um, yeah, so Toller jam is absolutely awesome, and a playground, bring a playground, kids are playing, kids want to connect, parents then connect, Um, And we can then connect better with parents. Our children, for our kids' church, they've got something to play on. Parents, our families can connect as well. So that's our goal as another playground.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. As as Tanya mentioned, we're thankful for all that's happening, but we know to create an even more potent environment for that connection and community that she spoke about, that this playground will be awesome. And so for us as a church, we're going to um, we have some funds allocated in Legacy. We're going to need to partner that with a uh, local community grant as well, which we're in the midst of researching at the moment to see this become a reality. And we're, we're excited for what God's going to do. And we know that particularly in those um, grant proposals, when you say that you have X amount that you're contributing towards it, it really does make a big difference in seeing that come forth because people are like, okay, you're fed fair income about what you're doing. This is something that you're putting into as well. So that's our, that's our third area. Just quickly, our fourth area, Elevation Pantry. So during COVID, we did some food parcels by partnering with our Barefoot Ministries. We had a drive-through, no-contact pickup service happening in the car park, and it was powerful. We're going to keep that connection with Barefoot, but also have meal and pantry items that are ready to respond to immediate help. Like I've said the last few weeks, our niches were we're going to be simple, we're going to be quick, and it's not going to be a lot of red tape. If you turn up and say you're in need, here you go. We've got something for you. We—it probably won't be, you know, over. We probably won't be able to support you, you know, for six months, every single week. But if it's crisis relief, there's many support services in Mandurah that can do that. But for us, like I said, our our little niche is that we're going to help immediately, right where you are, to really make a difference in people's lives. That's our fourth area. Then our fifth area is Elevation Youth. Come on. We're thankful for all God has done and doing through our youth ministry, and Chris is going to come up and quickly share with us about um, some of those areas. Thanks, Chris.
3: Awesome. Um, so if, you, if I haven't met you, my name's Chris. This is my beautiful wife, Jackie. We are the Youth and Arnold's Directors. Um, some incredible things we've seen God do already is we've seen, I would without having going through a database, we've probably seen anywhere between 50 to 60 unique young people coming through our doors on a Friday night, which is amazing. <laughs> so, so we're seeing young leaders rise up through our youth ministry, which is incredible. Um, we're also... So I wanted to give you a little bit of a picture of of what happens with what you sow. So we have, I would say, majority of our young people are unchurched young people. They're friends that come from hockey, footy, basketball, school, whatever that looks like. Um, For us, worship is a really big part of what we do here. And to see young people who have never stepped foot in a church before, like so overwhelmed with what's happening and, and the spirit of God, just over and and having other young people come around them and pray for them and we had that exact thing happening on a on Friday night just gone yeah, at our so house good. we had a fire we ha- we spent time in the presence of God because of what is given here and what is sown here at the church we get those incredible opportunities yeah, to in, to plant that seed and impact those young people and and We all know that when young people get on fire for God, it's powerful. It's scary, but it's powerful. So, um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's just a little bit of what's happening here at Elevation Youth. So.
1: Amazing. We're thankful for all God has done and doing through our youth ministry. And we want to sow seed for our youth to see a bigger picture. Some of that money will be used for for equipment and create an environment for young people. Other amount will be for a, for an event that um, stretches our young people's believing that lets them see um, a bigger picture. I remember when uh, Rachel and I were youth leaders a long time ago, uh, not here. We had a there was an event coming up. It was a it was a youth alive big event, and uh, we did this thing where. We encouraged our leaders and our young people. We, we rented a bus, like a 50, 50-seater bus, and we encouraged our young people to, to take a bus pack to school with permission slips so they could ask their friends whether they wanted to come to this event on this, on this bus. Anyway, we had this prayer time with a few of the leaders. I had this young guy who was there, and um, after this prayer time, we all sort of shared about like what we saw. And, and, and he was pretty new. He didn't say anything and so me being you know full of faith just thought ah oh, it's all right he's new he just didn't get it that's all right but fast forward a couple of weeks and this young man starts bringing back permission slip after permission slip after permission slip of um of students that he'd invited and we're like um, we're like buddy like uh, this is amazing like what's i mean it's good like you're doing what we encourage you to do but what, like what's what's going on he's like oh you remember that time when we prayed he's like i didn't say anything but I got like this imagination sort of picture thing. I saw these buses all pulling up out the front of my school and I saw people that don't normally come to church or youth, you know, getting on them and coming to this event. And so I thought if I saw that, I I better get out there and start inviting people. There's something about getting our young people to see a bigger picture, a bigger dream, a bigger impact of what God can do in their lives. And so... This morning as we start to come to a close and the band comes and uh, joins me, um, they're going to play through oh, that new song, Thank You, again. And you'll see maybe you've come prepared already because we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but uh, you'll see in the either in the back of the seat in front of you or seat next to you, or you may be awkwardly sitting on it, just sort of like shuffle. Um, there's a card that looks like this. It's a It's a legacy card. And so in a moment, once this... Song is finished. We, we, we want to give you some time. And we'd love you to fill out one of these cards and go, you know what? I want to play a part in seeing this vision become a reality. I, I, I hear those five things, I hear this idea about leaving a legacy. And so I want to be someone who sows financially to this vision to see it become a reality, to see this uh, auditorium uh, extended, to see young people dream bigger, to see Elevation Pantry have even more impact in people's lives, to see a playground come to fruition in the outside there where people can have connection and and, and things can come around. I, I want to sow into something that goes beyond myself that impacts a local church being planted In Victoria Park. And so this morning we're gonna, Team's gonna sing this, give you some time to fill that out.